Hey, welcome to today's episode. Where are you this week? Are you on holiday right now? It's July 2019, so I'm wondering, are you currently on a sunbed somewhere, in a lounger, in the pool, in the plane, or are you, just like I am, still working in July 2019? That's okay. So today is literally a kind of a revisitation of an episode that we uh, spent together last December in episode 20, where we had you look at the kinds of things that were, you know, on your mind for 2019, uh, the kinds of things that would help you to get your training business on track. So we talked about a couple of things, uh, revenue goals, marketing goals, relationship goals, investment goals, and the kinds of things and thoughts that would help you to get your training business up and ready to where you want it to be in 2019. So since it's July, kind of halfway through the year, today we're going to look back at the progress that you've made this year and see if we can get anything which is not on track back on track. How about that? This is episode 43 of the podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, and welcome to the show. As every week, my name is Mark Garrett Hayes. I'm the host of the show. And the goal of this show is to simply help you to start to grow and to scale your training business every single week. As I tell you round about this time in each episode, we either have a guest on the show or it's an episode where it's just you and I talking about a particular topic of interest to you and to your training business. And this week in episode 43, we're kind of revisiting something that we hit in December of 2018. And that episode was focused on helping you to set up your training business for success in 2019. And as I said before the music, given that it is now July 2019 at the time of recording, why don't we, wherever you are, whether you're still working or whether you're now fortunate enough to be away on holiday with friends, with family, why don't we take this episode this week as a chance to revisit some of those kinds of you know promises that we've all made to ourselves and to see if we can do anything, and we can, to get our training businesses back on track. So last year, we talked about the fact that um, we had reached the end of Q4 and it was time to celebrate 2018, both the victories and the tough lessons and to think about um, the approach for 2019. And that was episode 20. You might want to go back and listen to that. Notwithstanding that, we're now going to go over those things again for no other reason than, as kind of a coach would with you, to revisit your goals, the kinds of things you aspire to, the kinds of things you plan to do, the kinds of things you promised yourself, and to hold those up to the light and to see what you actually achieved. How does that sound? So wherever you are, right now in the world today, perhaps you're on holidays, perhaps you're still working, it doesn't really matter because this is something which is perennial. It's the kind of halfway point throughout the working year when it's a good idea to not just keep going forward, but perhaps to pull the car over to the side of the road, so to speak, and to get out and to walk around the vehicle and to think, how am I doing? Am I on the path? 
What does the vehicle in which I'm traveling look like? In this instance, your training business. And is it fit to get me to where I want to be in the next six months of 2019? So think of it like H1 or half year half one is behind us. And this is now year two or rather year half two of 2019. And frequently holiday time, if you're on holiday, you may not be, is a good a time as any to cast our minds back collectively and think, where did I hope to be right now, six months ago? Where did I hope to be? Where did I think I would be? Had I stretched goals? Had I kind of what we call expectation goals somewhere in the middle? Or did I have some kind of fallback goals, things I'd be yeah, just about happy with, but not ideally delighted with? So those are things I can tell you about. I'm going to hope you can answer those questions for yourself as we go through each of these four areas today. So let's revisit those. And you might want to use the worksheet which accompanied the episode back in 2018, in episode 20. Better still, what you could do is dig out that copy that you completed last time. Did you complete it? I hope you did. And if you have, where is it? Because that's a good, as good as indication as any as to whether you took this exercise seriously. And I hope you did, because ultimately, you are the person on the bridge of your ship, right? Either you're down in the engine room of someone else's ship, as I often tell my coaching clients, you're either in the engine room of someone else's ship, or you're on the bridge of your own. So think of that analogy for a second. You're either the person deciding the journey, how to get there, or you are more than likely working in someone else's engine room, helping them to get where they want to go. So the question is, which is it? As a training business owner, as someone who either works solo or has a small team around you or a mid-sized team, the fact is you are in a leadership position and you must have some kind of strategy. So with that in mind, if you look back over the course you've plotted uh, six months ago and look at where you are now, the question is, are you where you thought you would be? What worked well? Did you win new business? Um, did you develop relationships? Did some of those not work? Um, did you generate business in the quarters or from the areas you thought you would, such as, you know, online uh, lead generation? <clears throat> Had you something in mind in 2019 to address that? Did you network? Uh, if so, which events did you go to? Did you you know, create referrals from the training you delivered in 2019? Have you made any contacts in the last six months since we talked about this? Do you have the belief that those can be leveraged now to help you get more business in 2019? Or is it something that you think is something you will address in 2020? And by the way, 2020 is only six months away. It's a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah, it is, at least for me, because I'm thinking of all the things I thought I would do this year. And truth be told, some of them I have not yet done. So it's a kind of a, a wake-up call to realize that six whole months have gone by. That's 24 plus weeks. And now, at this midpoint in the year, we have the same amount ahead. So if there if there is an opportunity to get sh serious, I think this is it. So looking back again on the six months which have passed by, which marketing activities 
generated leads for you? Online, offline? Did you advertise? Did you learn Google ads or Facebook ads? Did you attend conferences? Um, did you launch competitions? Did you use LinkedIn for video or for some kind of podcast like I'm doing right now? Have you some novel approach which you thought you'd like to try in 2019? Did you give it a go? Did you try it out? Did you make mistakes? Did you learn from them? How do you feel about the the endeavors you undertook, the promises you made to yourself? And have you some kind of trail where you can look back and see a kind of a series of clues telling you, yep, that worked, or no, that didn't work, better luck next time? You know what? It doesn't matter because the goal of all training is to apply and to learn from it. We're not going to, as trainers, transform people overnight, so we're not looking for that from you either, but we are looking for some kind of willingness to step up and to take your, you know, your declarations of intent seriously. So only you will know the answer to that question as you lie in your sun lounger or if you are in the office or on the train or plane or wherever you are in the world. Only you will know what the person in the mirror can tell you about that. So one thing I'd like you to think of is what were, if any, the top three lessons from 2019 thus far? You know from listening to the beginning of this episode, it's July 2019. So think of the top three lessons from the year to date. In six months, what have you learned? Are there new things you've done? If there were three things you could summarize and say, those were the three takeaways from this year so far, what would those be? And as I did last time in episode 20, I asked you to think about whether you're still enjoying the business. Are you still enjoying it? Is that something you can answer right now to yourself? I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to think about that before I go on, okay? Great. Okay. Well, if you are, great. And if you're not, it's time to reflect upon that because this business is a people business. And if you're enjoying it, you're going to exude that confidence and that enjoyment and people pick up on that. And as I read today somewhere on LinkedIn, uh, your smile is your brand uh, rather, your smile is your logo, and your brand is how people feel about you and your training once you've left the room. So that's a great question to think about, to answer. Looking back on 2019 so far, can you say honestly that you've left that kind of sweet taste of success in your aftermath? When people have finished a day's training with you, are they the better for it? When they've enjoyed the experience that you and your trainers, your training team bring to your clients, can you honestly say there is proof that people are the better for it? How are you measuring this? And that brings to mind an episode which I learned a lot from when I had Kevin Yates on the show, Kevin M. Yates, I think back in episode six, seven, or eight uh, at the beginning of the series sometime last year. And that's something else, by the way, I'd like to address. And that is that I had my detractors when I began this podcast. Um, I had people saying to me, you know, you won't finish this. How will you keep on going? How are you going to find the time to interview people and to create episodes each Thursday? And I'm happy to say I have succeeded so far. There was a slight um, interruption around December last year when I intentionally took uh, one or two episodes off, but I have kept episodes going since, and regardless of what time of year it is, there will be an episode every single Thursday from now on. In fact, we're at episode 43 this week with only seven episodes to go 
to episode 50, the Big 50, and an announcement which will come with that when that comes around. So anyway, back to this. And that is your four things to consider. So again, that worksheet may come in hand, may come in use to you, I should say, if you have it to hand. And if not, you can always write these things down on a blank sheet of paper. So here we go. Ready? The first is, what were your revenue goals for 2019? Yeah, simple as that. Uh, Like it or not, notwithstanding uh, positive reviews, notwithstanding likes, which, you know, as a currency, social media likes, to my mind, are increasingly being devalued and and there's justification for that it's so easy to like the proof of the pudding or the proof of your success as a business be it a small person organization or multiple person organization um, one person or multiple people doesn't really matter the proof is are you actually turning a profit what is your revenue what was your revenue goal for 2019 and have you seen an increase in profits well, have you? That, that's the question I'm asking. Again, only you can uh, answer that because I can't hear you. And I'm hoping that in asking this question like a coach, I'm giving you pause for thought to think about that. Um, what did you do to increase profits? Did you take steps to add new products, to create new courses? Um, did you maybe qualify yourself in something new? Did you take a certification on board? Um, did you learn something and then try and convert that to some kind of revenue by applying that skill and, and if you will, harvesting it in such a way that you could use this to create a new stream of revenue? Now, you can't really answer this question unless you had a revenue goal declared for this quarter, for last quarter and the quarter before that. Unless you have some kind of numbers to compare your progress with, I don't really think you can answer that question because when it comes to things like revenue goals, the numbers don't lie. Am I where I am? Asking myself out loud? Um, Nearly, not quite. I, I have fallen short in one or two of my goals and I've exceeded my expectations in other goals. And you know what? That's just like life, isn't it? It's normal. Sometimes we overshoot the target. We think we'll hit a goal only to actually exceed uh, our expectations and those of others. And sometimes we don't. And that, that's reality. So we're not looking to correct. We're not looking to admonish you. We're not looking to tick you off. We're not looking to get you to beat yourself up. We're simply looking to get you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I where I thought I would be? And what do I need to do differently next time? When it comes to things like costs, maybe unnecessary expenses, maybe memberships, uh, perhaps there were, you know, areas of marketing, uh, some kind of promotion, which were not working for you. And even though you like them and they were fun to do, were there things or are there things looking back now since the beginning of 2019 that you can say, you know what, it's time to say goodbye to that. It's time to maybe say goodbye to the office. I can now operate my business model virtually through having a team which is distributed maybe in several countries or several areas Uh, Do I need a physical office? Um, Is there a way I can improve the efficiency of meetings? Is there a way I can maybe, you know, uh, spend less in particular areas and invest more in other areas where I know conclusively there is proof that investment in this or that area is actually profitable? 
And this is where we come across numbers all the time. When it comes to revenue goals, profitability, marketing, uh, we need to have some kind of numbers to use. Ratios, if you will. If you've done some kind of uh, degree in business or an MBA or or even some kind of qualification in accountancy, or maybe not, you need to know, of course, that numbers tell no lie. And the only way to know that is to have something to compare them with. And if this is not your skill set, and I have to say it's not mine uh, fully, I do rely on other people to help me with uh, revenue and calculations. And that could be an accountant. It could be some kind of bookkeeper. It could be a business coach. It could be some kind of consultant. So whoever that is, if this is something you feel you need help with to, you know, create goals which are measurable quantitatively, not just qualitatively, but quantitatively using ratios and and being able to benchmark your uh, revenue expectations and compare them with previous numbers, well then it's something I think is worth investing in. It could take the form of software or it could take the, the form of human intervention where someone helps you and helps you to, you know, come up with with ratios and some kind of, you know, spreadsheet even, simple as that, which can give you some key data telling you as a dashboard, you know, this is a problem area, this is an area for concern, or this is something which is going very well. And something which I have come across in the past is simply called uh, the red, amber, green system. And using a spreadsheet, if you simply want to use Excel, popping in your, let's say your revenue forecasts for 2019, you can create graphs in Excel or, or Google Sheets or something like that. And using a very simple color system of red for warning, uh, amber for something which is or merits concern, and green for all systems go. Often something like that is is enough to tell you this is something that needs to be addressed and this is something which is actually doing fine. Okay, so the next the next thing is marketing goals. Had you goals this year online and offline? Why both? Because increasingly we have uh, markets online. You may not train online or coach online. Nonetheless, your audience is online because they're on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, or when what, man, one of a, a dozen different social media channels. It doesn't really matter. You will engage with your audience and you'll find out where they are. But usually, in most instances, it's fair to say that audiences are on places like uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn, just to name three. So had you goals to you know drive new signups for your newsletter or for your... I don't know, your weekly uh, blog post or your podcast or something else, some kind of content that you create online, uh, creating that traction, getting people to engage with you, you know, download a PDF. And last week, by the way, in episode 42, in case you missed it, we had a very interesting episode with someone called Kevin McGrath, uh, co-founder of a business called Beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N dot B-Y. That's Beacon as in literally like a like a beacon, a light beacon, dot B-Y, who is based in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And he, with his, co- uh, his brother, fa- co-founded a company called Beacon. And that company's software, which is online at the address I've just given you, allows you to create PDFs or downloadable, what we call lead magnets. And this is where you could create something of value, 
like an ebook, I've created one or two, or podcast episodes, I've created one or two, or something else of value, and you put that online and you entice people to download this in return for their email address, which of course, as we've explained on previous episodes of the podcast, gives you the chance to enter into some kind of dialogue through a series of emails, thanks to software such as Drip or uh, MailChimp or, or ConvertKit and so on. So without getting into marketing in too much detail, online is literally having an audience, cultivating that audience through some kind of engagement, or it could be through creation of, of eBooks or something of value which people are willing to download. And by giving you their email address, and there is software which will help you to create their data into a kind of a usable CRM or customer relationship management database. With that, you can begin to engage with those people, serve them up the kinds of content that they want, which of course drives them to your either online training solution, if you have one, or in the case of my my business, a lot of it is offline, which is quite normal, isn't it? So the kinds of workshops you run at Taster's um, some kind of uh, training event, maybe, you know, the speeches you're giving or the talks you're giving to, I don't know, a range of organizations locally, chambers of commerce, uh, corporations in your area, in your state, in your country, in your county. So using the internet basically to drive traffic and interest to a range of, of touch points where people can engage with you, meet you face-to-face, or even experience you online through video. And that's something, by the way, I've definitely seen one or two listeners to the podcast whose names I know uh, use with great success in 2019. And that was using things like LinkedIn for video. Increasingly, people are using LinkedIn for video, but only a handful of people are using LinkedIn for live video, which is kind of a scary prospect, is it? Or is it not? So, Maybe that's something you might think of in 2019 in the next year half, which is to experiment with maybe channels you've not yet tried. Because the beauty of the internet is that much of it is actually low cost when it comes to entry points. You might have to get to grips with something. You might get some help initially. Uh, teach yourself something online using YouTube as a way to learn a skill or hire people on Fiverr or other platforms to do some of the online marketing for you. So that's the online. The next thing, of course, in marketing is offline. I mentioned conferences and networking. So were there particular events you hope to go along and meet people at this year? Did you go? How did they go? Did you actually follow some kind of plan for connecting with people, uh, meeting them? Uh, Did you have some kind of elevator pitch prepared? Did you contact organizations in your area and offer to deliver workshops or some kind of, you know, uh, event, as as I do quite a lot of, actually, with some organizations, and they've asked me back again and again and again for some kind of, you know, half-day sessions or maybe full-day sessions, but... As I mentioned previously, half-day sessions or maybe two or three-hour sessions are often a kind of a a nice a nice kind of length or duration of event to give because in that day you get to deliver some content, uh, give people a taste for what it's like to have you in front of their people, but also it gives them an idea of what you are like in the flesh, so they can ask questions of you, 
And it's a great way to network, combine networking with training at the same time. So that's something that works for me. It may not work for you, but I can hand, I can say hand on heart that every single time I'm giving some kind of taster or workshop, I come away with more than just the money, more than just the, the fee for the day. And it isn't the reason I do it because it's not the most lucrative way or profitable way to make money, but as a way of meeting people who've got the power to hire me or to hire you, more importantly, it's a wonderful way to put a face to a name, a voice to a face, and to get people to be able to feel comfortable with you. So then putting you on front of decision makers or in front of a, a training audience is not such a big jump. It makes sense because they like what they see, they like what they hear and they feel they can trust you. So that's the kind of offline things. Think of the things that you did this year, meeting people face-to-face. Think of the things you did online this year, ads, uh, creating lead magnets, creating training programs, or some kind of marketing effort, okay? So that's too far revenue, so far revenue goals and marketing goals. Number three then today, relationship goals. Um, are there relationships uh, about which you can, you can say, hand on heart, yes, they are now where they need to be. They were not so good at the beginning of the year, not because they weren't, uh, they were deficient, but simply put, you hadn't put enough time into them. And now they are because you've worked them, you have gained referrals, introductions, you've testimonials, you've moved the dial, as we say. Are those people now not just people who are passive, but they're actively willing to promote you? How do you know? Have you testimonials from them? Are they on your website? Have they given some kind of video testimonial? Very, very powerful. Is that something you could yet do this year? So give that some thought. Are there people whose relationships can actually open doors for you and introduce you to new clients, perhaps to new channels, new verticals, as we say, new industries? And it's always better to have someone doing your marketing for you, if you will, someone who's putting the word in for you, then it coming out of your mouth. And that brings to mind a book I read in 2017 called Presuasion from Dr. Robert Cialdini. Dr. Robert Cialdini, as you remember, wrote the book in 84, 1984, all about the science of persuasion, the six key principles which help people to persuade others or which explain why people are actually very persuadable in a range of areas. So without giving that uh, that book a premise away, it's something I would highly recommend because that book alone uh, has helped me a lot in terms of developing training content in areas like negotiation or sales, assertiveness, persuasion. Relationships are driven by your ability to be able to persuade people to side with you, to champion you, to advocate you, to recommend you, to refer you, so understanding how to do that and then being able to say, yep, this is working or no, that's not working. That's very, very important. So my questions to you in this area are just, as I've said, do you say or can you say conclusively that the relationships you'd hope to build or to, let's say, revitalize if you'd let them slide for a while or the relationships you'd hope to build from scratch, are they where you thought they would be? in 2019 at this half point in July of 2019 or are there things you need to do still to move them forward you know what if you do that's okay i do too it's great to begin a year with this kind of you know amazing gusto or optimism but then as january becomes february sometimes with the cold weather if that's 
the case where you are in the world, sometimes we realize perhaps I was a little bit ambitious at the beginning of the year. And so what? We're all entitled to be, you know, to think of the glass half full and to be optimistic. But we also need to be realistic. So let's look at some relationships that as you think of where you are right now in July, are there things you could do, you know, easily enough to get people in touch with you, to get in touch with them, to meet them, and to somehow help them in a way that causes reciprocity. They will now reach out to you and help you in return. Are there relationships which exist that you can say you've moved forward? And thinking of new relationships, were there connections that you hope to make in 2019? Did you score them with the revenue target, as I suggested back in December? And what did you do to actually create those relationships, to engender those relationships, to drive those relationships, and most of all, to serve those relationships? Because you have to, as I've said before, you have to uh, serve before you deserve. And that's not just some kind of corny, pithy comment. I genuinely mean that. You've got to serve and to give, 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 give before you can ask or take. Too many people, when they're you know, marketing themselves as training business owners are focused on what they want to get from their audience and it becomes this kind of lopsided relationship. So my question to you is, can you say you're serving your network and not just asking for things that you think you deserve from your network? Have you joined conferences or chapters of business organizations? Have you joined some kind of training network? Have you created your own network? Why not do that? Uh, have you joined some kind of industry body like CIPD in the UK or ATD in the US? Are you someone who is giving to other members in those organizations in such a way that you're building that kind of bank of, uh, let's say, bank of favor, which you can call upon when the time is right? So that's number three today. Which are your relationship goals? What were they in 2018 in December in episode 20? What did you hope they would be in 2019 and at this halfway point in 2019 in July, can you say they are where you'd hoped they would be? Okay. The final part of the pie today, thinking of four slices of your pizza pie, is the last thing, but not the least thing, and that is investment goals. Because as a training business owner or any kind of business owner knows, you have to not just reap the rewards, you've got to invest in seed and put that back in the ground. Thinking of farming as an analogy here, you've got to be able to take some of your profits and plow those back into your business in a way that you can say, yep, it actually makes sense to do this. So to my mind, those are split into two things. First of all, there are the investment goals in yourself. It could be maybe the reading that you have to do. I've said it before, I'll say it once more, Leaders are readers, people who take time to read in the morning. And I've got three books in the go. Uh, thanks to one of the guys I was doing a, a training project with recently, uh, we exchanged books. He gave me the 5 a.m. work club. Is that right? 5 a.m. work club. That's right. By um, the 5 a.m. club. I've got to dig out that book, um, but I'll come back to you on that one. The 5 a.m. club, it could be by Robin Sharma. And it's funny how when you think of a book you're reading, you can't remember the title when it counts. But um, the book is very useful for me because it's helping me to think of the time of the day when I have time to myself, and that's often very early in the morning, when I have time to reflect, uh, read out positive affirmations, and, and believe me, I need them some days, and to visualize the kinds of things I want. So uh, what I find that is, is that with reading good books, 
such as Ch- Robert Cialdini's uh, Science of Persuasion or, or Robin Sharma's The 5am Club. Um, I find that those kinds of things have an effect on me for, for positive reasons. They also help me to reflect on the things I want and how to get there. So whatever that book is for you, whatever that morning routine is for you, if you have one, and you could read Hal Elrod's book, Miracle Morning, if you've not yet got a morning routine. Those books you read, it could be a magazine, Forbes Entrepreneur. Those courses you take, courses on digital marketing, courses on finance for non-financial managers, maybe tech courses, maybe videos on YouTube, all of those, every one of those is a form of investment in yourself. Every one of those is a form of investment in yourself. So you've got to sharpen the saw. You are the tool in your toolbox. If you're running a training business, any kind of business, you need to be the sharpest tool in the box. You've got to be the person who is investing in herself or himself or thinking right now, what am I reading this year? What am I studying this year? What am I going to qualify in in this year? What are my learning goals? Not just my earning goals. I think that's worth repeating. What are my learning goals? Not just my earning goals. It does not mean you've got to have a piece of paper at the end of that exercise. It does mean, though, you've got to have some kind of maybe journal or way of looking back and saying, yes, I learned this, I applied this, I got this result. Because think of it this way, this is what we expect from our clients, isn't it? By having, uh, you know, the, the, the courage to stand up in front of, of clients, your clients, my clients, we as training business owners, as trainers, as coaches, are effectively asking people to listen to us, to take that learning on board, to apply it, and then to measure it for results. Does that make sense? That's the yardstick, the proof that the training, the, the transfer of knowledge is actually generating a return on investment. So my question to you is, where is your return on investment? How can you conclusively say, I did this, I got this from it because I applied it and I got this result, okay? So the self-investment goal is the reading you do, it's the thinking you do, the courses you attend, uh, the cor- the things you watch online. It's okay to watch some fun things online, but there is a serious benefit to watching good videos or listening to podcasts online. And I hope uh, that this podcast is one such podcast for you. Hopefully, the the people I've had on the show, I would like I would like to think so, and the time that you and I have spent together in the last forty three episodes or forty two episodes, excluding this one, have helped you in some way. So all of those are valuable installments of investment in yourself. The second part is what are your or what were your investment goals in your business this year to date? Did you for example uh, spend money in online advertising? Did you hire someone? Maybe you did. Did you hire someone full-time or part-time? Did you hire someone locally or remotely? Did you delegate some task which you felt could best be done by someone else, freeing you up to attend to what we call IGAs IGAs or income generating activities. Because if we're trying to do all things, we can't honestly be doing all the right things. As any training business owner or any business owner will tell you, there are things which you need to do, there are some things which you could do, and there are some things which you absolutely have to do, and only you can do it. And that brings to my mind another book I read in the last six months 
called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. A fantastic book, very simple, a huge analogy telling a story of um, a pie shop owner, very simple analogy, um, but you could compare that to any business or any kind of thinking, any kind of business you can think of. And the reason it's so powerful is because it gives you the reason to think of where you are in your business. Are you working on your business, which we should be as owners, or are we working in the business doing the things which we could do, but perhaps should leave to someone else? And for you, that could be marketing. So from my mind, things like Google ads, um, things like Facebook ads, things online in general are things I'm okay at, but there are certainly people who could do it quicker than me, and in some ways, a lot better than I can. So for that reason, it makes sense to invest in other people to free me up to do the things that they cannot do, that I can do, and therefore make money. So I like to think of those as invoice generating activities, the things which you can actually request money for. They're the things which should be your focus. Other things are things you can learn in your free time, but your first and foremost focus should be those things which you can invoice for. So without going into all of those which were dealt with separately in in an earlier episode of the podcast, cast your mind back to that and think about the kinds of things and the way you dedicate your time every single day. So are there things that you need to still free yourself up to do more of in 2019, in the next half of this year? Or are there things that uh, you should be doing less of? Things which could be done by someone else or things which could be done not at all or ever because they're simply not generating any return on investment. That's the key word, isn't it? Investment. If something's not generating any return on investment, it's something we should drop and not deal with in future. If it's something which needs to be done but could be done better or more efficiently or more effectively by someone else, it's time to look yourself in the mirror and say, I will take steps in the remainder of 2019 to free myself up to focus on the things which only I can do and invoice for and leave those other things, less important things, less strategic things to other people who can do them for me cheaply, uh, quickly, or in some ways uh, more effectively because they're better at doing them than I am. Okay, whatever those things are, give that some thought wherever you are right now because I think one of the things that will really change your business from a kind of a one-person show into building a team of people around you, you don't have to hire them full-time, by the way, when I see team, but I have people who help me in, in a range of areas, that, if nothing else, will put rocket fuel in your training business in the remainder of 2019 and beyond. It's knowing when to say to yourself, you know what, these are things which could be done by the people better than I can do it or more cheaply or more effectively than someone else. So that, to my mind, is a really big honesty exercise. As you sit there, lie there, uh, or whatever you're doing, can you see yourself getting people to help you with a range of things in the remainder of this year. So there are the four things today. Uh, Those were, again, revenue goals you had for 2019, both to increase profit and to reduce costs. What did you hope they would be at this time of year? Where are they in comparison to your goals at the beginning of this year? Marketing goals online and offline. What did you hope to achieve online in terms of maybe... uh, 
people signing up for your newsletter or your blog post or your podcast or your online learning program or your online sales uh, or ticket selling or something which you could actually uh, promote and sell online and offline equally, what were your offline marketing goals? Had you some kind of uh, targets in terms of you know, writing for industry magazines or, or speaking at events or cold calling or achieving some kind of awards, all of those things. The relationship goals, number three, which relationships were in existence, extant relationships, let's call them. And did you say, or can you say you've moved them up a gear in 2019? And what's, where's the proof? Testimonials, case studies, referrals. Um, and then new relationships, did you actually create new relationships? Had you a target of connections, companies or individuals or both to connect with in 2019? And have you done it thus far? Are there conferences in the remainder of 2019? I bet there are, which you still want to go to. If so, great. Go and take action today. Don't just reach the end of this year thinking, oh, I wish I went. I wish I met. I wish I did. No good. That will be another year gone and another year over. And finally today, what were your investment goals at the beginning of this year? And did you actually follow through on those? Did you cut corners? Did you keep your promises to yourself? Did you invest in yourself by reading, by attending programs, learning new skills? And how do you know that return on investment worked? And equally, what were your investment goals in your business? Did you invest in new technology, some physical assets, or perhaps in some kind of uh, offline help, people helping you remotely or helping you in person, some kind of uh, part-time assistance or expertise, even coaching, even coaching, that is an investment in the business, finding a way to achieve higher and better targets. So there we go today. Those four things have hopefully given you some pause for thought wherever you are right now. In July 2019, your revenue goals, your marketing goals, your relationship goals, and your investment goals. Are they where you thought they would be when we last discussed this in December 2018? Six months have gone by. This is something which you might want to think about over the next couple of days until episode 44 next Thursday. So give this some time. If necessary, ask a friend or a colleague, bring in the team and when we take time out to sharpen the saw, to get out of the car, to walk around the car, we're going to find things that we can see from sitting inside the car. So use that analogy as a way to say, is the vehicle I'm in and I'm traveling in for the rest of 2019, is that fit? Is that roadworthy? Do I need to change something on the vehicle? Change the tire, if you will. Do something with it so that it gets me to the point where I can look back in 2019, at the end of this year, which we'll do in six months' time, I promise you, we'll look back again and say, okay, did I actually reach my goals in those four areas in terms of revenue, marketing, relationship, and investment goals? Okay, so thanks once more for your time this week for episode 43 of the podcast. Next Thursday, we have another episode. Um, I have a range of recorded episodes in store, so I've not yet decided which one we're going to release next week. It doesn't really matter because every single week, my goal is to bring you something of value, whether it's time, where it's just you and I, wherever you might be, 
or whether it's something that we get the chance to bring someone in and listen to their expertise. And which reminds me, of course, the kinds of things which you need to hear or would like to hear more about, those are the kinds of things that I need your help with. If you can think of, you know, ideas for a good future podcast episode, something which you feel will help you, your people, your company, your brand, it may be something we've done to date. It may be something we've not done to date. If that's the case, I would love to hear from you. You have my email address, which is markghays at gmail.com. I always take time to contact you directly in person. It's not done by anyone else. And with that in mind, I do appreciate your candor. If there's something you feel that I could do better, I would love to hear that too. If there's something I can help you with, I would love to hear that too. So anything that comes to mind, please drop me a note. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to hear from my peers out there in the training world. You can hear the podcast, as always, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Spotify. So once again, thanks for your time this week. If you are on holiday, I can say I'm not jealous. I'm in a hotel room right now as I'm recording this. I have a couple of days training ahead of me this week and a few more next week before I have August, most of August, in fact, free and have a couple of nice things planned. However, as I've said before, respective or irrespective of where I am or where you are, there will be an episode every single Thursday for you to help you move to scale, to start, to grow your training business, wherever it is. I'm here for you, and I look forward for you being here for me next week in episode 43, or is it 44? 44, that's right, 44. Not so far to go until episode 50. So until then, have a great holiday or great training business week wherever you are, and speak to you soon. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.